Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. But even if I'm out on the sideline and I'm watching him throw to different receivers, it's just the, the rotation of the ball, the timing, the way he's putting the ad away from everybody. It's just insane to see that so early in a quarterback. You know, you're talking about coming to the league, you know, with so much high hopes, and he's proven it. You know, that's why I'm so excited for him. But, uh, you know, uh, the things that I've been seeing, the improvement, like I said, was the, the patience. You know, I'm starting to see that more now. You know, uh, you know, if he's scrambling out the pocket and he's trying to make a play, he's letting things develop. He's letting receivers get open. You know, and that's what it takes. You know, it's a lot of great scrambling quarterbacks who can extend plays. You know, and you, you know some of the, the best in the league to do it. And you start to see your quarterback do it himself, be able to extend plays, letting the receivers get open and make plays. That's awesome. I, I love seeing that. I want that guy to be my personal hype coach and just follow me around and cheer me on. Quarterback Shaquille Griffin praising the young quarterback Trevor Lawrence who had a heck of a day in the last day of mandatory minicamp. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks with us this week. We are honored. Yeah, un unfortunately, JP Shattered is my personal hype coach. <laughs> so it, it's it's not the same thing. No? No, it's not the you same thing. You could call Shaquille and he might, you know, well, help it out. Maybe he would, but uh, JP's not kind of. But hey, Bucky Brooks. Yes, Bucky Brooks. How about that? How we are very lucky to have you've been here today and yesterday watching mandatory minicamp. Tell us about uh, first impressions. Had the chance to watch the team. First impressions, uh, really impressed with just the overall physicality in terms of just the way they look. When you hear Urban talk about a bigger, faster, stronger team, and then you go out there, and the first observation I, I, I made in my notes, no fat guys. This is a team that, look, size-wise, they look like a high-end NFL team. The big guys mm -hmm. up front look like they're – stout and sturdy the guys on the edges are long and rangy and so the first thing that you have to do when you think about building a team that eventually becomes a champion they have to look the part this team eventually they at least look the part on the hook do you think that'll eventually morph a little bit with urban and this is more his blueprint because this is how he recruit this is how he looks and that over time you might see i don't know about deviation but some exceptions to the rule no, I, I wonder because one thing he's always talked about is like sports performance, and mm -hmm. and and he consistently hammers bigger, faster, mm -hmm. stronger. And so when you look, you don't at get these fat guys, in in no, no, Urban's all no, season programs. No, no fat guys. And I think it really stood out when you look at the offensive line, watching them move around. Mm -hmm. They move like a high end offensive line, like the backups. Everyone is moving. Everyone is running. So he certainly is already putting his stamp on the team. Absolutely. Today was the last day of mandatory mini camp. Summer break is approaching quickly as we get into big things. Big thing one is Trevor's timing, taking limited reps last week, especially and yesterday as well. We saw some more reps today, but taking that tweaked hamstring. Yeah, if we very had to go, seriously. we could have went. They're being uh, Head coach our Urban trainers Meyer and, and Shadier being a little cocky. If we had to go, we could have went. They're being uh, our trainers and, and Shadi are being a little cautious because right now, when you're a month out, hamstrings, you yank a hamstring now, you're going to miss early part of training camp. So we're just being cautious. That's that one muscle that, you know, you guys have all seen it like I have. You pull a, you pull a hamstring at this point, um, you're going to miss all your summer conditioning. So we, we're being somewhat conservative on it. But he, he actually could play a game if he had to. Big thing to the lineup, we're looking at defense here. The head coach gave us some insight on what this 
three, four, hybrid, whatever you want to call it, what it will look like. We all know it's going to look a little creative. It's a, a three, four. He's an outside linebacker, so he's still a linebacker, but it's a little bit different position, but it's uh, Lorente and uh, Kay Levon, it's that position. So it's really a Sam linebacker that also rushes. So it's a 3-4 versus 4-3. Four, uh, four, Talking about Kay Levon Chase on there. And finally, big thing three is the last stretch. This was the last day of mandatory minicamp. And the big thing here, guys, as we've talked about the past few shows, is this has been nearly 100% participation, especially in a voluntary offseason we're seeing it around the league. It's not the case for everyone, Bucky, but it's promising that everyone has been here and you, you haven't had to bring your checklist out and, and ask who's here and who's not here. Yeah, I think it's the product of a young team. So you have a lot of young guys. They don't know anything differently than the way this program has been run, which is very collegiate-like in terms of the way they're operating, the way they're going about doing business. I think it's very optimistic. Like, I'm optimistic because everyone is there that they're going to know the system. And so when you get the training camp, you're going to hit the ground running. And so I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you should be encouraged that everyone is here and it looks like this team is really, really coming together well on paper. Shalom, whenever I get a new boss, I show up on time for the next couple months. I know. I it's not that surprising. <laughs> it's not usually my MO. Uh, but when our friend Patrick Cavanaugh took over the department, I was here for a few months. And oh, just a few months. <laughs> kidding aside, though, there is a when, it, when there's change, you're on your best behavior. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. But even beyond that, Players know that it's important. New defensive coordinator, new offense coordinator, new head coach. It's important for even the veterans, for the Brandon Linder, for the AJ Can, to be here and understand what's going on. I don't necessarily expect 100% attendance next off season for a, a veteran of, of that uh, tenure. Mm -hmm. But for this year, I, I've always said it's very important for young players and for players in new systems to be here for the learning part of it. I, I disagree with Bucky a little bit, I think. I'm not so sure the on-field, what mm. they're actually learning in running a rep is that key. But for gathering the information, I don't know when you do it if you don't do it here if, if, if you're in a new system or if you're a rookie or a second-year player. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. The learning has to take place here. The development has to take place on the grass. And for you young players, it's very, very important. The veterans... It's hard sometimes like to get those guys to come in and mm -hmm. be 100% attendees, but the good teams kind of have their guys always around. And because of the location, Jacksonville, the weather's mm -hmm. nice. Uh, we talked about having the best facilities and sports performance. What you want to do is incentivize the players to be around. And I think you can work out deals where the veterans are here, they're working, but you're not necessarily wearing them out. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw some of that in mandatory minicamp where they were on the field doing individual drills but maybe they weren't all participating in the team drills. As long as you have them around and everyone's kind of moving in the right direction, I think it's a positive. And, and uh, we mentioned this on our Jaguars Reporters podcast, which Bucky was also on yesterday. Um, I wonder, I will be fascinated to see next offseason what Urban does with these 10 days. Maybe not necessarily the mini camp days, the three, mm -hmm. but every time he spoke, he said that he talked about no winners and losers. He wasn't complaining about it, but you sort of know from Urban being on the field when there's not a winner or a loser is sort of counterintuitive. <laughs> so I wonder what he's going to do, if he'll change anything next year, if he'll say, well, look, there's no winners and losers, so let's make this more about teaching. I don't know the answer to that, but you could certainly tell, Bucky, that when he was talking about the no winners and losers, he came back to it every time. He doesn't really like being in football if there's not a winner or a loser. Yeah, I think it's hard, but I think also for him, I mean, he's always coached at the collegiate level, so this would be the equivalent of spring ball. 
Well, in spring football, you have pads on, you compete. It ultimately culminates in a spring game. You don't have that here in OTAs. I think the good thing, Darrell Belville, Brian Schottenheimer, um, even Nick Sorensen, they come from that Seattle program where competition is a big part of it. I think you will find a way to infuse some competition while still keeping it at a developmental phase. You mentioned that competition. I thought today was the most competitive that we've seen in this offseason. And, and the funniest part is, is you're looking at the kicking competition mm -hmm. that all of a sudden came up yesterday, and I caught myself tallying field goals today. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? But this is something. It was smart because Urban said that was a that was real. That was competition. It really was. And, yeah, it, you, it's something that we didn't think would be a competition, but you, you caught yourself looking at Josh Lambeau and wondering, will he be the starting kicker in this upcoming season? Well, I think it's up in the air. I, I'm not sure. I mean, the coaches would tell you everything's up in the air. Yeah. Realistically, is the quarterback up in the air? We'll see. <laughs> but I think the kicker, Outer Grosses, has an NFL pedigree. He's been an all-pro or pro bowl, whatever it is. So I don't think that's necessarily given that Josh Lambeau, as good as he has been, mm -hmm. is necessarily the kicker next year. No, I, I think, as you talked about, when you have a new boss, everybody has to kind of reapply for their jobs yep. and earn their spot. And if Urban is going to stick to the, the premise of this is a meritocracy, guys have to earn it. And so you want to put a little pressure on Josh Lambeau to win the job, to make sure that he is superior to Audrey Gross in, in camp. We'll see if it works out, but I do like the competitive nature because as you were sitting there tallying them up, I also was paying attention to the number of kicks that went through the upright. Tying it in with the competition, I think the good news for Jaguars fans, this was the most competitive day. It, it was, was the most spirited day, and I thought this was Trevor Lawrence's best day. By far. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know we talked about it, and I think he's big thing one. I lose track of the big thing, Shalane. I know, but it's, it's a lot. It, it's, uh, the last couple of days have been – I went into this week not sure what we knew about Trevor Lawrence as an NFL quarterback. And I get we still don't know that much. But to hear Shaquille Griffin talking about what he's talking about, which is how he's getting it, how the ball comes out of his hand differently. Um, I don't think Shaquille Griffin has to say that right now. He could have found something different to say about Trevor Lawrence if he wasn't really feeling that. And then today, uh, you saw arm talent-wise yeah. and vision-wise and timing-wise why this kid was drafted number one. It was the best he has looked so far. You know, John, when you're looking at a franchise quarterback or a top pick, every now and then in practice, you just want to see the wow factor. You want, you want to see a handful of throws that you're like, wow, that's, mm -hmm. that's what may separate him from others. And we saw that today. We saw the mm -hmm. bad shoulder fade where he hit the slot fade and he put it right over the ear of the defender. Then we saw him come back and put a couple other balls where he put it right in the right location. Yeah, throwing uh, outs with the velocity to get it there. Even yeah. this time of year, that's not always a given. No, it's, it's not a given. Right. And as we've talked about, quarterbacks going from college to pros have to learn the new open in terms of open is a tight window and you have to really put a premium on location. And he was really painting the corners like an MLB pitcher. And I think that is really encouraging. You, you saw the difference between what I would say good and great when you look at the arm talent between Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the quarterbacks on the field. And I think this is significant too, Schlin. Uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, when we were talking about Trevor mm -hmm. and his, his so-called rough day. Yes. He's in the red zone. I don't know if it's technically red zone they're working in today, but he did a lot of good things with a compacted field near the end zone. Mm -hmm. that should, not that he needs that much confidence, but that should give him confidence in that area going forward of, okay, I was better here than I was two weeks ago. Uh, it was... I usually don't get that excited about May practices or June practices, Lynn, 
but this one was different. This one was kind of cool to see. It was just perfect. It was the exact way you wanted to end mandatory minicamp, going into summer break, him having his best day of the offseason, and really just the decisiveness of it. During that red mm-hmm. zone period, two touchdowns to Philip Dorsett, it was automatic. It was a difference from last week. Look, it was a huge difference in terms of just hearing the reports of like the red zone area and maybe some of the hesitancy, mm-hmm. uh, some of the turnovers that may have occurred. And what happens for young quarterbacks, they have to understand that the game quickens up in the red zone. Tighter window, the field is really condensed, a lot of bodies there, longer bodies than maybe you're used to in college. And so you have to throw with touch timing and anticipation. And you also have to be comfortable fitting the ball into the mailbox, like the really, really small mm-hmm. windows. And so it requires a level of precision that maybe you didn't necessarily have to have consistently in college. He quickly made the adjustment, and some of those throws were wild throws mm-hmm. because he, he puts it in there. Bucky's throwing out some scouting terms today. That's oh, fitting yeah. it into the mailbox. That's what touch he is. Timing and what is it? Touch, touch timing. Touch timing and anticipation. TTA, baby. Yeah, <laughs> this guy just isn't here for fun. <laughs> I know. He, yeah, he didn't just uh, roll out of the rack. No, he was he's ready. bringing the heat. <laughs> All right, when we come back, Jaguars drive time. We have some Ashland Ask wrapping up mandatory mini camp right here on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags drive time is presented in part by TIAA Bank, created to serve, built to perform. By Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. We've been through a lot this past year. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. And comfort in knowing we don't just have good things to look forward to. Some have been with us all along. Because no matter what happens out in the world... Our pets are always there for us, and we are always there for them. Pet Paradise, it's a new day in pet care. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to without notice equal housing opportunity there are everyday heroes among us making the community a better place do you know one nominate them at tiaabank.com community champion and you could both be part of the new era of jaguars football you and the winner could watch a jaguars home game from the field see their story told on the big screens and get a thousand dollars towards their cause nominate someone before july 9th visit tiaabank.com community champion for details Welcome to a new era of Jaguars football. The reload has begun, beginning with new head coach Urban Meyer. Don't miss out on the best seats before they're gone. Lock in your tickets now for the 2021 season at Jaguars.com. We're back, Jaguars Drive time, Tuesday afternoon. Changing it up on you this week, coming off the field from mandatory minicamp. The man is showing the whiteboard, and you know exactly what that means. It is time for Ashlyn Ask. I warned Bucky. We have some fun around here. Yeah, we do. We it's do. not just headlines. Let me know when that starts. Yeah. Hater. Hater over here. Ashton asked number one. We have a lot of answers, I would say, today. Coming off the field. Figured some things out. What's the question you will go into summer break with now? 
What do you still want to know about this team? Mm. Coaching? Roster? How this is going to work? Will they win a few games? John Osher. Um, a little quickness because I don't want to overemphasize it, but you know, I, I'm, I'm yeah. curious where 85 picks. Uh, ah, Bucky, do you got to change it? <laughs> no, I don't change it. I was looking at the handwriting. I, I am curious where Tim Tebow will fit, what his role will be, uh, and I think we will start finding that out in training camp more than we found it out right now. There wasn't really a whole lot to discern between a lot of positions, and as Daryl Bevel said today, I think it was, there's a limit to what you're going to find out about any tight end during this time because it's mm-hmm. receiver and offensive lineman. I think whenever the pads go on and you start seeing live action, how he can handle that, I think is when we start finding out about Tim. No, I think it's a big question. Obviously, when, when you look at Tim compared to the other guys, the other guys are more experienced. Um, he's trying to figure it out. When you watch the contact and those things, he has his wrist all taped up and, mm-hmm. and, and trying mm-hmm. to get used to the physicality. How long does it take him to get used to doing some of the dirty work of the position that is required? All right, Bucky, what's your question? All right, so here we go. So we got... Who is QB2? That was mine. On uh, the same page here. Somebody, somebody, great minds think alike. Who's the backup quarterback? We talk about competition. <laughs> Which one is going to be the guy? Is it going to be Garner Minshew, who we've seen start a handful of games, or is it going to be C.J. Beathard, who's also started games mm-hmm. out in San Francisco? You, you, you just don't want – you don't know which one is going to be the guy. When you look at these guys on the field, Garner Minshew has his moments. Mm-hmm. C.J. Beathard. I thought he looked better today than he has so far. But but that is going to be the thing that plays out in the preseason games. Who is going to be the backup quarterback to Trevor Lawrence because I'm the starter? I'll put you on the spot. Gardner Minshew, uh, was it 20 games he's played? Yep. Can you keep him as the backup? And what I mean is a guy who is used to being the starter and has starter uh, persona. I mean, he's a starter vibe. Normally, like normally, like you have to know the temperature in the room in that quarterback room. Right? Is he going to be a, a supportive backup quarterback, or is he always going to pine for the? Which is something one we job? can't know. And that's right. something that we can't know. I would say it's, it's very hard mm-hmm. to expect a guy who has been the starter for parts and most of his first two years in the right. season to now kind of give way to Trevor Lawrence and to be the ultimate supporter. Mm-hmm. I think that is hard. Whereas C.J. Beathard, clearly, that's been, what Beathard is. That's Beathard has been the, the backup quarterback. He kind of knows. He knows he was brought in here yeah, for that. He know he knows his, his role. That will be a fascinating question. It really will, especially with the emphasis that head coach Urban Meyer puts on loving that competitive personality and that competitive nature. He urges it, and then Gardner goes and delivers it. It's I just I see both sides of it. I no, he won't be go. penalized for that per se. You're not penalized for mm-hmm. competing. It's can he be once it's guy. over with? Is that his role for 20 weeks? Yeah. And if it's not, it's not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily make him a bad guy. Not at all. It's no. just more, I'm a QB1. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, look, we, we can talk about it, but in, in, in full transparency and honesty, it's a very competitive environment for everybody on the team except the quarterback position. Most teams will tell you, hey, the QB1 is by himself. That You don't bring in guys that can kind of threaten him and challenge him. We, we've seen that play out in bad ways in other situations. And mm-hmm. so as a coaching staff, you have to really examine who is going to be the most – comfortable guy for Trevor Lawrence behind him the guy that he's not gonna have to worry about the guy that he can confide in yep a lot of answers a lot of questions all right a lot of questions yeah that's hence Ashlyn asked uh, hence Ashlyn asked. <laughs> number two all right Bucky you've been here two days you've seen two practices what 
or who was the biggest standout of mandatory minicamp? Oh, that was easy. This, yeah, this easy. all right. It's really easy. And the reason we're not even challenging Bucky over here because now we have single digits. Yes, we, have we single do. Digits. Travis Etienne was the most impressive today. To me, was the most impressive part of it because we've heard Urban talk about the need for big plays, explosive plays, and you saw him deliver some of that. And because he is, look, an impact player, potentially has an airback, we saw him go out. We saw a lot of motions and shifting, mm-hmm. put him on the outside. People laughed and snickered early on in rookie minicamp when he was playing wide receiver. Well, now you kind of see the vision mm-hmm. crystallizing. You can see where he can be an impact player. To me, he was the most impressive. I feel guilty for two reasons. Okay. One is that this this answer is so much better than Bucky's, and Bucky's a guest, so I, I, you don't I hate embarrass doing him. that. Yeah. But secondly, it's such an easy target. Uh, I thought the biggest story to me of minicamp was today's effort by Trevor Lawrence. I, mm-hmm. I, know, we've, I know we've already talked I mean, about it. Um, I mean, way to take the easy. I mean, like, we, we already I mean, we just We sat and spent and so the whole I'm, A block talking about 16. You can go right back to In my way. world, Buck, you take the easy dub. <laughs> if it's a three-inch putt, you take it. It's it's uh <laughs> I was not competitive and didn't win very much when I was young, so, so I'll he take takes these. the layup. <laughs> it, 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 everything you wanted to see out of him, mm-hmm. you know, I never doubted he was going to be good, and I'm not saying this is it is any sort of a statement on how he's going to be this year, but I felt better watching him today that all of the things you thought he was going to be, the physical tool stuff, uh, was going to translate, and it, it was cool to see it at the end. So I thought, you know easy i'll pat myself on the back nice answer john yeah very nice, nice john I mean, just take the layup I get mean, a great day nothing i mean take <laughs> put it out you know if we're playing put you, you put it out we're not we don't give you gimme all right well, Bucky, we're gonna challenge you now you've only been here two practices but i know you stay up to date on this team all right who would you that's not the right question Shlin. who could be someone that people would be surprised makes this team it is a 90-man roster right now Surprise. So it's hard. So I, what I had, I'm going to switch up. Who would, yeah, you look at this final 53-man roster and you're like, gosh, and I don't I'm, even know who I, that and is. I'm a, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to say this without even knowing if he's going to advance beyond the trial stages. Okay. But I'm going to go with Laquan Treadwell. All right. Making the team. And the reason wow. why Laquan, Laquan Treadwell is interesting to me is, one, we talked about this in the draft. Five-star recruits, mm-hmm. big schools. Laquan Trevor was a five-star recruit from Chicago. Urban Meyer certainly had to entertain and, and know where he fit in the recruiting order. He comes out, and you see him. He looks like a pro receiver. Big body, in shape, fit, called the ball really, really well. And so after you get past the first three receivers, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, it's kind of wide open for him to have an opportunity to make this team. And so I'm looking for that fourth guy that can come in and play and maybe play a role, I think Laquan Treadwell may have an opportunity to kind of slither in and kind of get into the back door. Yeah, I, I'm always bad at this answer because I, I'm never sure what constitutes a surprise. Um, I guess I would be a little surprised if Tebow makes it, and I don't, I kind of don't think he will, so it's a bad answer. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go – I'll accept the L that yeah. Bucky has won this. Uh, I would so, say so. Uh, but I w- so I will answer by n- answering sort of a different question. All right. Uh, you make the rules. I will. I would not be surprised. Walker Little is going to make the team. Oh yeah. I would not be surprised if he pushes for a starting job in training camp. Oh. All right. Um, Bring the heat, John. Maybe it wouldn't 
be in training camp for say that it mm-hmm. happens, but it feels like he might be good enough at a position that looks locked, meaning right tackle Jawan Taylor, left tackle Cam Robinson. Yep. At some point during the season, it feels like he might push and start over one of those guys. I'm not sure which yet, but uh, there's mm. just that vibe around the kid. So mm-hmm. sorry for not answering the question. That's okay. But do your own thing. That would surprise okay. some people. Like, yeah, I mean it's it like I just I just put out in my scouting report, uncoachable. Like he's gonna do his own thing. I've so been, when, when I'm talking to I've been here ten years. You've been here about you, two I'll minutes. Just, I'll just, I'll just uncoachable. <laughs> uncoachable. Don't worry about it. You know, goes off um, on <laughs> own avenue. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously getting cut at some point, so I'll go with this. Uh, but yeah, Walker Little, I think is continues to be a guy. It was amazing, Bucky. And it, it, I don't get your thoughts on him. He continues to be a guy since the day he got drafted. Uh, I didn't know much about him. And then as soon as I looked at him, I said, wow, this could be a good pick. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever seems to deviate from that thought. The more you learn about him, the more you see him, the more you hear about him. It it just feels like this has a chance to be an absolute home run pick. I, I, I was talking to him in the field today. He might wind up being the second best pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. For the Jags, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think one of the things you're doing when you watch him on the field is you begin to check off boxes. So you check off the box. You see him walk out physically. Check. Then you watch <laughs> him go through individual drills, and you see the footwork. You see the technical skills. You check that off. You think about the pedigree at Stanford. Stanford's had a ton of linemen that have come into the league and had immediate impacts as starters. He does that. And then when you watch him with the ones, because you're looking at. Cam Robson and Juwan Taylor, and you kind of envision like how far behind is he, and he doesn't look out of place. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you begin to have those conversations. Hey, man, is this a guy that after we watch him play a couple preseason games, right. he has to put you, pads on first? Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> do, do, right. do you make the move if this guy shows that he has that ability? So it'd be very, very interesting to watch where he fits in the pecking order. I think it's a good problem to have for sure because even if he's not a starter. For him to be the sixth guy, to be a player that can play on both sides, that's that's a benefit because you, 17 games, injuries will eventually happen. Not saying that we want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. I forget which one said it, uh, Trent, uh, Balky, or Urban, but the night of the draft, in talking about Walker Little, one of them said, when you watch him, and what little tape they had, because he didn't play the last couple no. of years, but when you watch his tape, everything that he did looked easy. Yeah. And with offensive linemen, yes. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, even these big guys, they're big guys, often not the most athletic. Sometimes even the effective guys look like they're having to work really hard to do what they're doing. Uh, Baselli, who you played with, was a guy, I always used to make the analogy, he was put on this earth to play that position. Oh, yeah, easy. So easy. It was easy yeah. for him. I, I'm not comparing Walker Little to Baselli, but in that trait, I like hearing when a coach says for, about an offensive lineman, everything looks easy for this guy. He looks natural. Not all of them look natural. No, and the position that we talked about, like he's a natural left tackle because in the game, the left tackle should be the more most athletic mm-hmm. of the linemen because he has to deal with those superheroes on the other side. He has that. And even though the game is changing where now you have to have two good guys at right and left, he looks like he can play. And he, the thing is, day one when you close your eyes, it's easy to envision him as a starter. <laughs> yeah. And that's – and that's a big thing when you bring a pick, even though he hasn't played in a couple of years, for him to look like that, even though we're in short, shorts and shirts, it, I think that bodes well. Yeah, what you always want in minicamp, I was always told, is as a scout, yeah. you can probably speak to this, <laughs> you don't want to be walking off the field going, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, those aren't good. Like when you blink scouting, first impression, 
First impression for Walker Little was very, very impressive. Yes, it was. And if at the very worst he pushes Cam Robinson and, and pushes Jawan Taylor and creates some competition, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing either. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so there you have it. That is Ashlyn Ask. When we come back, some NFL headlines. We have NFL Network here, so we might as well bring it up right here on Jaguars Drive Time. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And at Deco, visit adecousa.com. Why are you taking selfies with the Pepsi Mango? I'm getting back into the dating app grind. I thought if refreshing Pepsi and delicious mango can find their surprisingly perfect match, then why can't I? Still lost? I'm metaphorically expressing who I am with this Pepsi Mango. It says I'm sweet, fun, and a little unconventional. And if they're looking for something refreshingly different, they should give me a try. Well, you are a little bit unconventional. Just enjoy the allure of the bold deliciousness that is Pepsi Mango. Try Pepsi Mango. That's what I like. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and Jaguars players you love. Shop the most trusted brands, exclusive designs by Fanatics, and autograph collectibles from today's biggest stars. Join Fanatics Rewards today and earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. We've been through a lot this past year, but there's light at the end of the tunnel and comfort in knowing we don't just have good things to look forward to. Some have been with us all along because no matter what happens out in the world, our pets are always there for us and we are always there for them. Pet Paradise, it's a new day in pet care. Treat your pet to their own vacation while you're away on yours. At Pet Paradise, dropping off your four-legged child is like having a sleepover, minus the sleeping bags and late-night movies. Surrounded by friends and doting grown-ups, sleep easier knowing that Pet Paradise is always there for your precious pet. Pet Paradise official pet service provided for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back, Jags Drive Time. Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks with us this week as we wrap up mandatory mini camp. The guys are back on the field tomorrow, just the rookies, and then it is officially summer break. I don't know about you I guys. Like summer break. Yeah, this this off season's been weird. It, it almost at times <laughs> hasn't felt like an off season. It's been a busy one. Yeah. Me and Bucky have talked every uh, every Wednesday morning on Huddle Up. Me and Shalyn have talked every Monday on Jaguars Reporters. We'll put that away for a month and get back. You're here. gonna miss us. I'm oh. telling you that right now. Oh, a little little hiatus. Well, for you hiatus? too. I don't know if we've told oh. you, Bucky, but you get a little break oh, wow. where you don't have to talk to us I for get about a month. You, you typically take your breaks whenever you want, but for this, <laughs> a schedule, the break it's starts a schedule, now. It's a scheduled right. break. Okay, summer break for everybody. You will have a break from John. Okay. I know you didn't want right. to say it, but yes, I didn't know. You yeah, will have that. Everybody likes a break from John. Indeed. <laughs> Let's get into some NFL headlines. A lot going on around the league, and we're gonna talk about it. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, both not at voluntary and mandatory minicamp. Bucky, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. This Deshaun Watson, we talk about it every single week. We play out all these scenarios of, of how this is going to work. We all agree we don't know if he's going to be in a uniform this year. 
No, I mean, that, that's one of the tougher situations because you have so many different storylines going on one. You don't know what the league is going to do with the off-the-field situations that he's dealing with. So he has to handle that. And then with the Houston Texans, does he want to go back to the Houston Texans? And better yet, do they want him back? <laughs> and so when you, have, when you have all of that stuff kind of brewing, you just don't know how this is going to play out. But I will say this, take away the, the legal stuff, Deshaun Watson doesn't have any leverage in this situation. Like, all the leverage is with the team. And the clock really starts when you get to training camp because when he shows the training camp or if he doesn't show, that's when the fine schedule takes place. That's when they can begin to go after signing bonus and all of that other stuff. That's when it becomes real. Right now it's just kind of been play, play, fodder. Mm -hmm. I'm not coming, those things. But when training camp hits, that's when we really see what, what is going to happen in this situation. But do they even want the leverage? That's what's amazing about that. I mean, it's – I don't – think anybody really knows the question you posed at the very beginning do they want him maybe they don't want him they haven't really said does he he might be in a position where he needs to go back to them mm -hmm. but he really can't say it so i would be surprised if he's playing the first month of the season this feels like being mid-june like a a resolution of all these threads will be difficult by the time they play in week one but in in this league History, in, in my experience, tells me on, on August 20th, that story could change. All of a sudden, you can snap your fingers, and he's in camp the next day. Yeah, it's a weird it, deal. It, it, is one of the, it would be one more of the fascinating stories to watch because we have all of this stuff, and then the legal thing just kind of threw a wrench in all of it because it went from being Deshaun Watson is unhappy with the team to now the team is like, hey, can we take on the water that will come along with him being the face of the franchise? Um, but once again, they have the leverage, and so they can't just let them go for nothing. They have to figure out what the compensation would be. But it's hard for other teams to know what to give up until they get the stuff from the league. And a lot of that stuff won't be settled until after the season. Yeah, yeah how do you give up picks, equity, future? Not knowing what you're going to get. Having no idea. Uh, Rogers, by the way. Green Bay needs to say, you're playing for us. Thank you very much, Aaron. Get off my lawn, Bucky. Yep. Oh, I mean, like, they don't have to say that. He doesn't have any choice. He has right. to play for them. Right. That's and, like, ev everyone is saying this, and so everyone is, like, they should bend over backwards for, for Aaron Rodgers. But regardless, he has three years left on the right. deal. So much money left to play. You can go and host Jeopardy, but Jeopardy's not going to pay enough to pay back all the money that will be owed. This will be a, this would be a funny one to, to play out, but I would expect him to be – in Green Bay when camps. I, I, I would Don't be get John started, please. He has this thing, this get off my lawn thing, mm -hmm. that players have to play out contract city. He hates the trend. Quarterbacks. There we go. We started. Who teams <laughs> sign <laughs> to major salary cap yeah. shaping deals is a different situation than young players. So if, if, if you sign with the team to a major cap shaping deal that's shaping the mm -hmm. franchise, you have to commit to that. That's my major point with it because if quarterbacks are going to be so important to get those deals then quarterbacks generally need to keep those deals because the franchise depends on them so much no but that that, that is true all of this whenever you see these these uh dust-ups or disagreements mm -hmm. with quarterbacks and team it's always about the money russell wilson uh aaron oh, Rodgers. he no. wants it's more all, say though it's all no it's always about the money. <laughs> it's always about they want more cheese on the burger. No, he That's wants more about. say. He doesn't want more say. He wants, <laughs> he wants more to be money. in the meetings. He's seeing Pat they Mahomes more pay. and Dak Prescott and all those guys getting over 40, 40 million per. They want to be in the $40 right. million dollar club. That's right. I don't blame them. I can't say I blame them. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's go to our second headline. All over New England yesterday was this headline that, one, headline Cam Newton really struggled, and two, 
Mac Jones shine. So when are we going to see this shake out? I think uh, the Patriots, they spent a ton of money in free agency. Very unlike them. Cam Newton coming off a rough year. Right now he's the starter for how long, though? Look, I, I anticipate him being the starter for the overwhelming majority of the season. I think the one thing we have to realize, Mac Jones only started 17 games in college. Mm -hmm. And we're asking him to come in and step into a very complex offense, which he may know, but he doesn't have the experience. And it'll be the preseason will be one thing, but then when we start playing games and the expectations that come along with the Patriots, Look, there's going to be a faction of fans that want to see Mac Jones go because they've seen this offense operate a certain way with Tom Brady. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is in that Tom Brady class, but because we're comfortable seeing that, off that offense play a certain way, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of pressure on Camden to play at a high level. I have one thought and then a question for the scout. I think <laughs> Belichick would love to go show he could win with a rookie quarterback. I think there, you think so? I think that would feed his ego a little bit. <laughs> uh, He's an egomaniac. Um, or yeah. I also think he has the confidence – that he and his staff mm -hmm. could prepare to do that. Yeah. You've watched Cam Newton more than I have. I see Cam Newton on primetime on Mondays. Mm -hmm. There were times last year that he looked like a shell of what he had been in his prime. Is that injury? Is that decline? Can he be the player physically? Because he was as physically a wondrous a player as you've seen in a long time. Is that gone, or was last year an aberration, or where would you put that? It's a big question mark because it, you have to do the cam evaluation in a couple of different things. The first part of it, the first two games, he looked great. Then he had the COVID situation. And the one thing that we don't know is how much did COVID impact mm -hmm. him, you know, when it came Fair. to, like, um, his overall ability physically and mentally. Uh, he fell behind in the offense. He admitted uh, today where, hey, this offense, I learned it on my own, but – by the end of the year, like it caught up to me because I didn't fully know it. I was thinking too much mm -hmm. and those things. I will say the New England Patriots are like a snowflake. They can change styles at any point. They like to run the football in December. Cam adds to that, even though he played poorly as a thrower, 12 rushing touchdowns. And so a lot of it depends on when Bill Belichick looks at this team and he looks at the best path for them to win and win at a high level, how do they need to play? Because I think that ultimately determines which quarterback he – he Could he get away with playing like back and forth, going Mac Jones oh and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, That'd I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, if anybody would try it, he would. The platoon system at quarterback. I mean, yeah, I, Craig Morton, I guess. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I guess he could he could try that, only to add to the genius because the Cowboys <laughs> won. Sure. Doing doing mm -hmm. that, that would be a historical reach, moment. But yeah, but I mean, I think ultimately they're gonna play the best quarterback. The one thing that we know about the Patriots, they're unafraid of playing. Anybody and everybody from right. undrafted to mm -hmm. rookie. If Mac Jones wins the job, and I think the odds are stacked against him early to win it, but if he wins the job, I think he's going to be the guy that, that runs out there. We shall see. And finally, this is something that Bucky mentioned on the practice field. It is a little strange to look at. New numbers around the league. Yeah. Our guy Jalen Ramsey, number five in L.A. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's probably good for his back. He's so petty. Not as big. So it's petty. Big. It's not as big as number 20. Right. right. Yes. Less weight. There Less you go. Rayshon Jenkins here in Jacksonville, number two. You got Rudy Ford at five. Bucky, I know this is unconventional for you. Oh, no, no, no. I love what it. What would you have? You wore 22. Yeah, but I wore seven in okay. college. Uh, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, because only, only ballers can wear single digits. Yeah. Okay. Only ballers. You got to pick. You got to pick that. Only, oh, well. only ballers can do that. And if I had my druthers, I know it's not a league, I would wear a zero. 
in the pro. Yeah, it was sweet. I would wear, I would wear something really something that you can't wear zero. You can only go from one to nine in the NFL, but in college you can wear zero. They should. Uh, I've always thought they should bring back zero. Double zero. And have it be for wide receivers and centers. I think it would be fantastic to see a center wearing double zero again. Jim Otto of the old Oakland Raiders. Yes. Hall of Fame center. Thank you. Wore double zero. And, and so did Kenny Burrow, a wide receiver from nearby uh, Jacksonville. I, I believe he went to Reigns. Lovely. Wore John always zero. hits me with these tidbits, and I write them That's down. That's right. Write you never down. know what you're going to learn you here on know. the show. The historian over here. Yeah. That's you. The scout and the historian. The I am blessed. Historian. The keeper of the game. The, yeah, the get off him. my lawn. The well, keeper of the game. Yeah, the gatekeeper. But I both know somebody off the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, NFL headlines. When we come back, some closing thoughts here on the Jaguars Digital Network. There are everyday heroes among us, making the community a better place. Do you know one? Nominate them at TIAABank.com slash community champion, and you could both be part of the new era of Jaguars football. You and the winner could watch a Jaguars home game from the field, see their story told on the big screens, and get $1,000 towards their cause. Nominate someone before July 9th. Visit TIAABank.com slash community champion for details. String Sports Brewery in historic Springfield is turning too, and it's time to party. Mark your calendars for Thursday, June 24th. Strings will have a special beer release, food specials, limited edition merchandise, the Frangie Show live from 3 to 6, and then live music from 6 to 9. The party doesn't stop there, though. Friday, June 25th, you can dunk the Strings owners in the dunk booth, and there's live music. Saturday, there's bull riding at Strings with live music, and Sunday, there's a community vendor pop-up. So get to Strings for the second anniversary party Thursday, June 24th through Sunday the 27th. At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat, more cheese, more veggies, more quality, more taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash, made fresh. Daly's. We're back, Jag Drive Time, Tuesday afternoon. Brought to you by Jet Home Loans, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Bucky Brooks here with you for a few short minutes. John, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Well, I like to be on the spot. Uh, I walked by, and I saw defensive coordinator Joe Collin on the Ozone podcast. You did. And I want to know what he said. He, uh, he was good. I talked to Joe more about trying to break down some individual roles on defense mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what this Jaguars defense will look like. And basically, uh, he was, as most coaches are this time of year, a little evasive on that topic. <laughs> uh, multiple, versatile, and uh, I think he sort of gave away that it might have a Ravens element to it. No way. But their own version of that scheme. Bucky, to me, how this defense looks and some of the wrinkles on offense are the fascinating stories about uh training camp in a few weeks especially the defense i'm i'm fascinated to know where everybody's going to line up you know no, I, I think the two days and watching the defense you talk about the versatility and even urban alluding to the hybrid nature three four four three so many guys that are the same height same body type stand up three-point stance what do you do with caleb on chasing what do you do with josh allen are those guys rushing are they dropping 
how many pressure packages are we doing? Last year we watched the team rarely blitz. Do they blitz more, simulated pressure? It's really fun to watch because they're throwing a lot at you. And so it's a lot. And then on the other side, the offense, motions, personnel shifting, like different You're big things. on that. Yeah. Before we close out, tell me how impressed you were with the amount of motion this offense is going to have. Yeah, the, t- today in the very competitive part, like yeah. we just saw so many motions and shifts, constant changing of personnel. It was almost like watching a hockey game, hockey lines, guys going in, guys going out. Mm-hmm. If Trevor Lawrence is able to handle the volume of the playbook, that can create a lot of problems for the defense with the different personnel that's going in and out and then the way they're deploying their personnel. Travis Etienne is one where we saw him line up in the backfield. Does he go out wide? How do you treat him? Do you treat him as a running back, a wide receiver? There are multiple players that can occupy those kinds of roles. They could make life very, very difficult and miserable for defense coordinators. Mm, and you mentioned that. I thought it was interesting when Darryl Bevel said, yes, LaVisca Chenault, our number one priority is to make him the best wide receiver we can. That was a big headline. Where are you going to put him? He's going to be wide receiver. And that's just fine. Mm, interesting. I'll bet he takes some handoffs. <laughs> All right, you're calling it there. All right, that is our program, Jaguars Drive Time. Bucky Brooks, thanks so much for joining us yeah, this always week. Always fun, always fun. The man oh my is God, finally the in Jacksonville. Not you. What about me? Yeah, yeah, you're here <laughs> every week. All right. And good. you can't get rid of us just yet. We're back for one more show next Tuesday on Jaguars Drive Time. Stay with us, jaguars.com. We'll be here all week. We'll see you next week on Jags Drive Time.